Hello, everybody, and listeners, and people who are being forced to listen, <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Welcome back to The Wayward Dragons, where two nerdy friends who have been friends for about a decade now, yeah. and love all things occult and science, our French science, and one of us has an obsession with true crime, <laughs> and shite like that. Uh... Where, you know, we talk about things and force you or you willingly, for some unknown reason, <laughs> listen to us talk. Uh, yeah. So, welcome to the shit show if it's your first yeah. time. Welcome back yeah. if you've been here before. Welcome. Uh, today, <laughs> we're going to be diving, doing kind of a build on for our last episode. Not necessarily required. We talked a little bit about dreams and symbolism and dreams last episode this episode we're gonna delve a little deeper into dreams and lucid dreaming and some stuff like yeah. that yeah uh, yeah it's gonna be fun yeah so before we uh before we get into that we're gonna check in <laughs> as our usual check-in kelsey how you doing with it i'm doing okay might be going on strike for my first job so we got that going um so, yeah, about to start wedding planning. So, yeah, this is about to get busy. So, I work for a major grocery yeah. retailer. Um, this is the second contract we voted no on. Um, so, we will find out later if we're striking or if they're going to make another contract. So, hopefully, yeah. it's it's sad because of the pandemic. Um the CEOs, vice presidents, CFOs, you know, they made a lot of money with the pandemic um, in the billions. And you can't afford to pay me more is ridiculous. So I'm happy that we're voting down the contracts to get better contracts, well, but still sucks. So that's the joy of capitalism. Yeah. Oh, I know. So how have you been? Working. That's, that's about how I've been. I feel um, you. I feel you. <laughs> uh, you know. But other than that, all right, I, you know, did something I haven't done in a while because of previous employment. Yeah. And, you know, did some funky shit with my it hair. Looks good. So it's for, you know, our listeners, I used to routinely. Mm-hmm do crazy haircuts, crazy hair colors and stuff. And because of previous employment and I got a quote unquote adult job. <laughs> uh, I, because I, I hate that term because I'm sorry, if you're working your ass yeah. off and you're an adult, it's an adult yeah. job. But anyhow, uh, I got a job in the corporate world, which was, you know, not surprisingly, not awesome yeah. all the time. Uh, I had to look professional, and for those of you, because I don't know what it's like in other countries, but for those of you that are listening that are not in the United States, they typically here um, frown upon anyone who does not look a certain way or act a certain way yeah. in a professional field. Uh, and, you know, it's it's like, hey, I'm, that's, I don't have to be professional all the time. That's not my life. That's not who I am. And it's kind of 
unprofessional to discriminate against that kind of stuff, but that's one of the things we have to deal with. Yes. Uh, so since I no longer have that job for numerous reasons, I am, <laughs> you know, I figured I would take it and do some funky shit with my yeah. hair. So it's, you know, I've had a, I guess, sort of conservative mohawk for the past several yes. years and uh, because I could kind of calm it down and make it look nice, but now I have the sides of my head are black and the top of my head is green and I have a green yeah. mohawk, which is, you know, reliving my youth here. Uh, not really, but <laughs> after almost a decade of not being able to do something and you do it. It feels good. It does. It does it feel good. Great. And I get like weird rude looks all the time and I'm just like, eh, yeah. whatever, you know, it's. I'm not hurting anyone, and if I am, then, you know, they need to reevaluate their lives because if how I dress or what color my hair is affects them in some massive way. Yeah. But, it, so, even beyond that, I'm a, I'm a get, you know, kind of political, but not political, even though I try, we try to avoid politics. Yes. Um, something that drives me freaking crazy. Um... You know, people of color, specifically black women, yeah, get discriminated against so much because of their hair style and hair color in the workplace. Yes. yes. Like, you know, I used to work with a young lady who had absolutely gorgeous dreadlocks, but, you know, because it's not professional mm-hmm. by, you know white capitalist culture yep. it's frowned upon yeah and it's deemed not professional because hey we you know anyways <laughs> i'll uh, i'll just leave that there it just it drives me freaking crazy i'm on we agree we agreed to not be political in this so i'm just going to cut it off right there yeah. because i will go on a whole rant uh, anyways <laughs> so yeah that's how i've been just working and dyeing my hair <laughs> uh, I mean, my thoughts always been as long as you are clean hygienically and you have clean clothes, yeah. I don't really care what the rest of you looks like. As long as you look presentable, whatever that means to you, you know, I, I don't yeah. care. As long as you look presentable as a human being. Like, exactly. That means dreadlocks. They go for it, bro. Like I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's, it's the imperialistic, capitalist mindset of everyone has to look the same. Again, I can't really go into it without getting political. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a huge, huge issue on multiple yes. levels. Yes, it is. Anywho. <laughs> like, I know people that have, like, master's degrees and do, like, science and shit for a living and have crazy mm-hmm. colored hair. You're going to tell me mm-hmm. that I can't sit in an office with crazy colored hair 
when they're out here doing like actual real like super hard mind yeah. work you know coding genomes they're, 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 they get people out here coding genomes yeah. with fucking crazy colored hair you know facial piercings and Who stuff cares? and i can't sit behind the computer punch numbers yeah. in because of my hair yeah. color no it's well, bullshit. Like, uh- like, Anyways, okay, uh, prime example. <laughs> so I have tattoos that are on my arms, and I hit a nerd moment, and because I said this, I said this picture to you. Um, I have a token quote from Sam's monologue on my arm, and I get a bookish box, which I'll be filming for YouTube. Um, so there's the Mindful Souls box from last month is up on YouTube, but I'm gonna film this bookish box. But I got sent a bookmark of my quote that's on my arms, and I work in kind of an upscale neighborhood at my custard shop. And my tattoos are not tacky. They're not, you know, um, tasteless, I guess. There's a lot of meaning behind the ones that you can see. And I get some nasty ass looks from people that come into the, the custard shop that I work at. All just because I have three tattoos that you can see on my arms. Well, we're millennials. I, I don't know. I know a lot of people, like a lot, a lot of people, and honestly, like you know, I know people from all sorts of generations. But if I'm talking specifically millennials, I know, not even exaggerating, a couple thousand people, if not more, personally, and maybe. Ten of them do not have tattoos. Yeah. Like it's, it's just part of the culture that our generation has. Like it, it's just part of our generation, and the na- I get some nasty ass looks from people that are like in our generation, and then after, obviously. And it's like it's my yeah. thing is is like I don't have a naked lady on my arm. You know, I don't have cuss words on my arm. You know, they're very tasteful tattoos. And you you look at me like I have just killed your children. Like. So even. Even where I'm at. It's, well, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, you know, I used to have. I used to have facial yes, piercings and stuff. And all of that. And, uh, you know, at one point I had 12 gauge papers through my lips. Yeah. And. You know, it's, I would get all sorts of, like, rude looks from parents, but the kids thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And so that's just, like, a whole ideology of indoctrination. Yeah. I had a kid ask if I color the one on my uh, left forearm every day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've known people who have, you know, they have kids and they, Mm -hmm. like, their kid will draw something for them, and then they've gone and getting that tattooed on, and I'm like, that's so yeah. freaking cute. I'm, I'm eventually going to do that with our kids. It's like the first time they write their name. I think uh, t- the drummer, Tommy Lee, his, the names he has of his kids on his wrists are the first time they wrote their names. So I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm. Like, he, they literally, like, wrote it on a piece of paper, and then, like, he went and got it tattooed. So it's like... See you. Yeah. But yeah, we will steer back to. 
Yeah, sorry about that side quest, guys. I went on a little tide rant. rant we, we try to stay political. Non-political. Because I feel like a lot of podcasts <laughs> go politically. And it's like, you get to a point in your like daily routine of, you just get sick of hearing that fucking shit. And it's like, I just want to hear stuff that's not political. I, I don't want to hear it. I mean, like, I, I typically don't, but I... We have listeners from all around the world, and I know they don't want to hear, US you politics. know, <laughs> Americans bitch about American politics and stuff like that, especially when a lot of them have their own things going on and dealing with their own issues with, you know, terrorist attacks in their own countries oh, yeah. and, you know, from their own countries in some places and yeah. wars going on. Yeah. So, you know, they don't want to hear about us bitching about stuff that we have to deal with, which, yeah. I mean, oh, maybe maybe I'll start a separate podcast going, and it'll just be like, <laughs> this shit this week in America, or <laughs> something like that, or some... Probably. Just, I don't you know. You never know. Because, you know, I have time to record a second yeah. podcast. We barely, like, I have so yeah, much like, we barely have enough time to get this done every other week. <laughs> like... Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump ahead here and say that I have not read any books. Uh, yes, you beat me like twice. This is the second time this has ever happened. Uh, you did five. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you could count Shut that high. <laughs> um, I've just been like brain-numbingly trying to catch up on podcasts that I listen yeah. to. So... Yeah, no. That's that's really about it. No, so, um... I listened to The Judas Strain by James Rollin. Um... Basically, that one's about a bioweapon. Um... They find Christmas Island, which is, it's a real island. Um, and there are these scientists and stuff that found this, that the, um, the sea around it was causing like all the animals to be really weird. And like the sea was boiling around Christmas Island. Um, so they sent a whole bunch of scientists and a whole bunch of people they got exposed to this virus, which would turn them into cannibals after, like, so much exposure. Um, Sounds like a fun time. Well, yeah. Um, but this lady, one of the scientists that got exposed, for her, it was going the opposite direction. Um, it made her bioluminescent. So she literally glowed in the dark. Her sweat glowed. So, fun fact on that. Uh, they've actually done... I don't remember where I read this or heard this. Uh, but And it could have just been some bullshit. <laughs> but apparently humans are actually like very minutely mm-hmm. bioluminescent. Like, on a very, very low, yeah. low no, she, frequency. She, she was like a fucking glow stick in the dark. Um, her tears, 
if she cried during the day, her tears even glowed. Um, but if you touched her skin, it caused your skin to burn. So she was like producing like this acid. It was whatever the bacteria that all these people were infected with. She herself was the cure. And you have the whole book is finding out that she is the cure, getting her to this place in India, in um, Cambodia, to do all this stuff to her because um, she has to get exposed for a second time in order to be cured. And then once they take her blood, they figure out the cure. Um, it's a great series, the Sigma Four series. Um, but then I started reading. So I get emails from a book website. It's called bookbub.com. Um, basically, they email you about like either free or like super discounted ebooks um, through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, and I found this book, it was called Bed of Bones by Cheryl Bradshaw. Unbeknownst to me, when I bought it, it's the fifth book in this like eight book series. I have a horrible habit <laughs> of finding, finding one book that's midway through a series, reading it, finding out, oh shit, it's part of a bigger series. Um, so that's the Salone Monroe series. She's basically a PI um, out in Park City, Colorado or Utah. Um, but it, it follows her cases and um, her sister was um, murdered by a serial killer. So like the first two books are about that. I'm on book three. But I've read the fifth one. Um, the fifth one was like a um, a movie about some like horrendous crime. It was at the Sundance Festival. I'm in the book. This movie was made about these boys that fall down a silver mine in like the 20s, maybe 20s or 30s. Um, and when they find the boy that had fallen down into the silver mine, they find seven other women's bodies put out in this very ritualistic pattern. Um, but during the book that you find out that the sheriff is the one that killed them and his grandson is doing it again. So yeah. Yeah. She gets involved with the mafia. Like it's, it's a quick series. They're like maybe 200 pages a piece. So that's why I've been able to like read four of them is the, that's the first bad. two hours of my second job. I can just literally plop, make waffle cones, and read. <laughs> so I've just been like going one right after the other. So that, that's how I was able to do five books in one week. Two weeks is four of those. Each book was about 200 pages. Because <laughs> those James Rollins books are wow. like almost 20 hours a piece. If that's the case, then my goal for next <laughs> time is to do, hmm, let's say 11 books in two weeks. Yeah. Because I'm on the, I started the last Oracle, which is the next book in the Sigma 4 series. And it's almost, it was like 18 and a half hours when I downloaded the book. So those books are like mm -hmm. super long. That takes me like almost a full week and a half to read and listen to it. But I like reading quick 
true crime detective series. Because it, I feel like sometimes those books can get drawn out and Cheryl Bradshaw, she, she gets right to the point. We are not, we're not taking two chapters to explain something. We're taking one. Like, we're, we're going. So it's nice. Well, I mean, it's not like Patrick Rothfuss. Like, I... Have you ever read anything about Patrick Rothfuss? So, he is a fantasy author. He is fairly popular. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his. And the, here's the reason why. And it's it's nothing against him or his stories, because he does some rather enjoyable stories. Yeah. My issue is, is that, you know, he'll take it and something that could have been like an entire chapter he'll tell it a paragraph mm-hmm. and like an encounter with you know a dragon or something and then with you know something that could have been a paragraph he'll go on for six pages describing the way the uh, are you what do you do? Um, I do a thing where I press my nose down. <laughs> I, it's just a weird habit I have. My fiance will actually mirror me. If I start staring off into space, I have a habit where I do this. And he uh-huh. starts to mimic me. That's how I know I've like stared off into space too long. And I've started to do this. Gotcha. But I, it's a weird habit I have. Like, I just... Gotcha. Sorry. But... Yeah, I'm, no, you're I'm good. A, I'm a I was just like, fidgeter. what are you like? Hand fidgeter. I'm like, I gotta yeah. do some while I'm talking to you. Sorry. I'm playing with a sharpie, <laughs> so I get it. I just have uh, a habit of playing with my nose. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they'll take it and it'll spend like, you know, six pages describing the stonework on the street of a city. That's, of course, a slight exaggeration, it, but yeah, it's I like. Hate that. He spends too much time going into detail on stuff that's not as important as stuff that would actually be interesting yeah. to me. And so I just could not get into him as an author. He's a hell of a nice yeah. guy, and, you know, his work is extremely popular, so nothing against them, just yeah. not for me. That's I don't like when stuff's dragged out too long. So that's what when, like, yeah. it was it, her... Her series is very quick-paced, which is what I like in a true crime, like, detective series. So that's what, and, um, I don't like a lot of that stuff dragged out. We we don't need to make something longer than it has to be. Like, that's my biggest thing with a couple, like, um, the f- fourth book in the Aragon series, the Dragon series by that Chris. The yeah. Inherited series. That like yeah. third or fourth book, I had to stop reading because he just dragged it all out. I, I had to stop because it's like, I hate that. I get it. He's training. They're training for this. However, you could shorten this. Like, I, I hate that. I hate that. And if it's not like fast paced enough, like the ball has to keep rolling. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you ready to get into the meat of the yeah, episode? I, I did my my lucid dreaming. We've been ranting and <laughs> rambling for like twenty four minutes. 
Uh, I did my research. My part of this, at least. I feel like. I don't know. Well, so I kind of want to go into, you know, we didn't really touch this on last episode, but I thought it was important. Uh, so, as we said before, we're going to be talking a little bit deeper into mm-hmm. dreams. Uh, to understand dreams, I think it's important for us to know, at least from a scientific standpoint, about the four stages of cognitive function. Okay. Um, so you have beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Yes. So beta is typically when you're wide awake, your mind is sharp, focused. Uh, it makes connections quickly and easily. So this is like when you're good to go, you're fully focused, you're fully awake. Yeah. You're, you know, typically this is what is going on if you're taking a test or playing a sport or uh, giving a presentation or recording a podcast. (laughs) You know, this is what we're doing here. Uh, The brain waves that have been recorded for beta are between 13 and 40 hertz. Uh Uh, Beta state is associated with concentration, heightened awareness, uh, hand-eye coordination, and visual activity. Now, after that, it, we have the alpha, which is when you're kind of relaxed. So, basically, like, you know, after you come home from work and you're just kind of chilling. Yeah. Uh, when, when you, like, you're, kind of decompress you know, you're, the day. Yes. Uh, you have you do have fresher creative energies that are flowing though, so this is typically with like artists or the creative types are a lot more in this mindset where you know they're relaxed, they're not as stressed out, as hyper focused, so they can just kind of flow. Yeah. Maybe that's why going back to our earlier conversation, a little bit. Maybe that's why certain authors will take it and have, like, certain things where they're just like, yeah, I need to get rid of this, so, or get done with this, and they're really just in their, uh, you know, their beta stage where they're just trying to push through Maybe. stuff. And then the alpha, they're like, hey, I'm going to take it and describe every single tree on this hillside. <laughs> uh, in my writing. I will say this. Tolkien... It's a fine line, like, right in between. He does describe everything in fucking detail. But we're not yeah. we're not kind of dragging it out. Like, it, like, Well, I think that might be why people enjoy Rafa so much is because he does have certain things that are very Tolkien-like yeah. in certain aspects. Yeah. Uh, Alpha is between 7 and 12 hertz. Like I said, this is relaxation, typically heightened creativity. Uh, you actually have high end to a wealth of creativity. After that is theta, which is deeper relaxation. This is basically when you're uh, when you zone out 
and you, you know, put your finger <laughs> on your nose. I do this a lot. <laughs> like a weirdo? It's so bad. Uh, so this is, you know, when you're just kind of existing, pretty much, this is your four to seven hertz. It's like right before you fall asleep. Okay. And then your, then your delta is... Uh, typically when you're asleep, your brain frequencies are slower. Uh, okay. So this is when you're conked out. Uh, typically hertz are between zero and four. I believe that... I don't remember 100%. You may have this in your notes somewhere. Uh, but I believe that it is the alpha state is actually when you your dream is when you're asleep, your brain actually jumps up to alpha state and it's in like creative mode uh, while you're dreaming. Do you have that anywhere? Yeah, Are you? Yeah, so we'll cover that a little bit later, hopefully, if Kelsey can find it. Um, so all of this now, so like information. Yeah, none of the articles I found talk about where all the, little part of that. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I'll I'll look it up here in a minute. Uh, but all that information comes from biotel.com, and I'll have Kelsey post the uh, link. link to all that information in the bio of the episode. So today we're going to be talking heavily about lucid yes. dreaming. Uh, lucid dreaming is awareness that you are dreaming. This awareness can range from a faint recognition of the fact to a momentous uh, broadening of perspective. Lucid dreaming usually occurs while a person is in the middle of a normal dream and suddenly realizes they are dreaming. You can also program yourself to yes. lucid dream. Uh, you can do this by like meditation and stuff like that. There's mm -hmm. a crap ton of different ways. I actually found a really cool, and I'll have Kelsey post this as well, but a uh, wiki how-to mm -hmm. on like different ways to lucid dream yeah i found a couple websites so yeah so yeah uh where was that on my notes uh do do so Dreams tend to be more bizarre and emotional than regular dreams. Most importantly, you will have at least some ability to control your dream self. So while you do have certain, typically in a dream, certain choices that you can make, typically it's kind of on autopilot where lucid dreamings, you are the one making the choices. You are the one that is consciously saying this is what's happening in the dream. One of the things I found consistently to tell whether you're dreaming is one, constantly ask yourself if you are mm -hmm. dreaming. 
Two, and I know these are not very common anymore, but analog clocks. Yeah, that was in um, Inception, so, the clocks. Sorry. <laughs> I've actually never seen I, that. I will say, so Hans Zimmer is my favorite movie composer. He does like Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. but he does the Inception movie soundtrack. It's a great movie. It's basically about lucid dreaming, but to, like, um, get certain business people to do what you want them to do. So, like, um, if you wanted to buy their company or, like, you wanted them to do something that would, like, partner with you, you'd hire them to do a lucid dream with the other person to put thoughts in their brain. It's a good movie. Highly recommend it, but that's one of the things. Uh, yeah, so it's basically like, from what I've seen, and I mean, I think I know pretty much the premise of the whole movie, because I've seen tons of like people talk about it, and it's, you know, a good oh, decade yeah. old. Uh, yeah. But it's basically, they're, they're dreamwalking, right? Yes, in a way. They... Yeah, they're lucid yeah, dreamwalking. They create the environment in everything, but it's to do a subliminal message to do something type thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, Great soundtrack. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, if you look at an analog clock in Dreams, for some reason, they don't have hands. Okay. Is one of the big things that I've seen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Hmm. But that's that's a common thing. Hmm. Typically, with lucid dreams, you can, like you said, manipulate things around you. I saw if you read texts like on the bottom of posters in your lucid dream, it will constantly uh-huh. move, but in real life, it stays the same. That's huh. like one of the things I found was like your text in a poster will move. It's like a mirage type thing. Interesting. So, yeah. So, Kelsey's found some articles that she's going to go into while I try and figure (laughs) out what the hell I was talking about. Um, So, two, I found some things about lucid dreaming that I found kind of interesting because we talked about this in the previous episode. Um, This type of dreaming is heavy in ancient, like, Asian type cultures they were kind of the first to question are we dreaming or are we awake like it's it was an ancient there's ancient indian hindu practices about this um tibetan buddhist practices about this um before it migrates across the continent um this is this does happen in your rem sleep which is your rapid eye movement sleep. Um, and Celia Green discovered that in 1986. Or no, 68. Sorry, I said that backwards. 1968. Um, so you have... Your REM tends to happen at the end of your sleep cycle. Um, and you have 90-minute sleep cycles. So if you're going to lucid dream, you're going to lucid dream at the end of your sleep cycle. Um, and I found, I thought this was weird. So I found 
the article, they said that people who are severely schizophrenic, they recommend that you do not lucid dream because, and I'm assuming also if you're not medicated, because it's, it's very hard for you to distinguish what is reality and what is your hallucination. So if you are having a waking dream, so I've, it might cause problems there, is what I've found in my article. Well, I've seen things where, like, meditation itself, apparently, yeah. uh, certain types of meditation is actually not recommended for people with schizophrenia, yeah. which is, I thought, interesting because it can cause you to hack up certain aspects of yourself, yeah. but... That gets into a whole mental health debate conversation because, you know, schizophrenia. So, fun fact about stuff like schizophrenia and other uh, mental conditions like that. In certain countries like the U.S. and certain parts of Mm -hmm. Europe, uh, people who hear voices or see visions and stuff, they are more often than not negative in those areas where in the rest of the world, they are mm-hmm. positive, or they are believed to be like family members and stuff. And I think that's like a mm-hmm. cultural influence on that. But I, you know, I feel like that's also because mental health has a huge stigma here. You know, well, not only that, uh, and this is, it's kind of a hot topic slash debate type thing. Um, I think that there's Typically, people who have things like that are gifted in certain ways that culturally uh, is frowned upon because of certain theological beliefs that are pushed from a cultural standard. And I think that a lot of those people are conditioned to drive those abilities in that direction, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so they're not like able to actually, from a spiritualist standpoint, meet their full potential or even come close to it because it's, you know, bad for that type of stuff, uh, where, you know, yes, certain things like that need to be addressed. And, you know, as you know, and as anyone who knows me personally and anyone who is listen to our podcast for any length of time. I am a huge, huge proponent for radical changes in, you know, mental health and how it's handled, not just within this country, but culturally, globally. Uh, Because there's, you know, a lot of issues and there's a lot of things that need to be looked at from a medical standpoint, but also in certain ways from a metaphysical standpoint. And, you know, I, I feel like a lot of those people, at least in part, have some sort of abilities that are frowned upon by certain cultures. So they get kind of pushed under the rug or mislabeled or, you know, because they're neurotypical in some way, shape, or form. They're not nurtured to the way they should be nurtured. Uh. So I, I would say lucid dreaming may be a bad idea for individuals who are not properly trained to deal with their own abilities or are not 
have not attempted to deal with those yeah. things. That's what I was so, thinking. It's more people. That, that's my <laughs> so I was like, I think it's more if you just don't, you're not aware of yourself and you're not aware of what yeah. you're hallucinating, what you hallucinate and what those are. So I was like, that doesn't right. make any sense because lucid dream, I also found that like lucid dreaming is a big, there's a big um, therapy with it um, because one of the ways that you could lucid dream is you have a major outside environment stimulation. Um, and mm -hmm. so you have like auditory things and there are devices that help you that stimulate your outside environment that can help you lucid dream. Um, but if you're going to do lucid dream therapy, that's what they do. But if you are prone to night terrors, um, PTSD have weird phobias or huge, huge phobias. Um, lucid dreaming therapy might be something you can try. Um, because what you do is you lucid dream into your nightmare or whatever your scenario is. And through the outside stimulation, whether that's the sound or your therapist, they walk you through the nightmare or the environment, your dream to overcome whatever that is. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm just eating candy corn. <laughs> I forget you like that gross ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> just eating wax, but you do you, boo. Uh, <laughs> I'm not... It's literally just like sugar and high fructose yeah. corn syrup, and it's like super, super oh, bad yeah. for you. Don't care. Literally, the first two, <laughs> the first two ingredients: sugar and corn syrup. Uh, yeah. But, like, that's the one thing I found in, like, like in the Wikipedia page I found of lucid dreaming to, like, get steps on how to was, like, that's how you can overcome, like, a major, like, having night terrors, having nightmares. Um, and if you have, like, a weird phobia or have a huge phobia, like, it's literally consuming your life. It's that bad of a phobia. Um, major trauma. Like, that might be an avenue that you might want to try if normal therapy isn't working for you. I don't know. There's a lot of different kind of therapies out there, but that's, that's one of them. Um, but how to lucid dream. So there's more. Um, so if I can make, if I can make a quick note um, about my previous yes. statement, um, that, that being said, as far as this spirituality yeah. and stuff, I would still recommend seeing some sort of yes. medical professional. Uh, I would still recommend if you are, you know, given or prescribed some kind of medication that helps. If, it, if you are having thoughts or feelings of harming yourself yeah. or someone else, then you need to take it and yeah. seek that medical advice. Uh, we are no. not in any way, shape, or form <laughs> any sort of medical professionals. No. Uh, yeah, I, I strictly, I strictly speak from personal belief, opinion, and uh, spiritual outlook on things. As with everything, everything is not right for yeah. all people. But I would highly recommend that it's never a bad idea 
to have a therapist or seek therapy for yeah. something. And not all therapy works for everybody, so if you're pregnant, right, well, whatever isn't working, so, you might want to try it. Go for it. There are there are, there are professional like the, lucid dream therapists. There are there are real. I'm not making it up. Yeah, and depending on where you're at, too, I know it's difficult. So, like in the Bible Belt. It's really hard to find a therapist who's not like, well, all your problems will be solved by Jesus. So it's like, yeah, that has nothing to do with yeah. why I'm here. <laughs> like, yeah, no. That, yeah, that drives me insane. Like, my side moment, that drives me insane when you are venting to someone about something and they put religion in it. Like, well, just God will take care of it. I'm just venting to you. I'm not asking for your advice on whether someone will take care of it. And I'm not religious in that way. So don't bring your religious stuff into this. Oh, my thing is, no, I'll yeah, take care of it. You ain't gonna it. do nothing. I'm gonna do it. Like, 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 I'll take care of it. I'm, I'm not one to sit around and wait for someone else to do something yes. for me. I'll take care of my own damn self. I'll work my magic and make it happen. I'll put in the yeah. work. But I'm I'm not one to sit around and wait for someone or something else to do the work yeah. for me. Oh yeah, but yeah, I thought that was interesting that there are lucid dream therapists, and that's what they can help you on. Mm-hmm. There's different therapy for different people. So yeah, yep. um, but that's kind of what they use it for. That's what its uses are. To kind of because you can control the environment when you lucid dream. Um, because there are certain there are studies that like that's what they look for is you know you're dreaming you can control your environment and like there's a couple other um like you know you're dreaming um because you're manipulating the reality your real world if that makes sense mm-hmm. um so yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff that like when they do studies, because there's been studies of lucid dreaming since, like, the 1950s. They've done hundreds of studies on lucid dreaming. Um, so just to lucid dream. There's a lot of ways to lucid dream. Um, there's a website called theworldoflucidream.com, and every word has a hyphen in between it. Um, basically, they help you lucid dream. They have eight different ways you can lucid dream um i've said before that there are multiple devices that can help you lucid dream um they basically um they're like an external simulation so there's sometimes like a auditorial sound that you hear um lights vibrations that you feel um that help you lucid dream um, but the world of lucid dreaming.com, they have a whole bunch of devices that you can buy that can help you. Um, but basically like Johnny was saying earlier, you do a reality check during the day. Um, whether that's, um, like staring at your hands and like studying the lines on your hands. Um, cause I want to say that the lines in your hands disappear when you dream. Um, and whether that's, touching a wall every day and go am i dreaming because in your dream 
your hands will go through the wall. First reality where it's solid. Um, the writing on posters will be like mirage type. Um, but basically with lucid dreaming, it's, it's an intention process and it's a repetitive process of asking yourself multiple times during the day for a long period of time going, am I dreaming? So that way, when you get to that point in your sleep cycle, you, it's already like repetitive in your subconscious. So you're going to ask yourself those things in your sleep state. And it, it's a, it's a lot of that type process. It's constantly asking, it's a lot of intention and a lot of repeating. Um, and then I want to say, I'm going to find which technique it's called. Cause there's two techniques. Um, there's the wild form wake induced lucid dream. Um, this is a very hard type to master. Um, but basically it's a form of meditation where you kind of maintain being awake. Um, but the rest of the, your body falls asleep. Um, if you are prone to sleep paralysis, you can use the times that you unfortunately go under sleep paralysis to kind of work your way into lucid dreaming. Um, cause the rest of your body is unfortunately asleep, but you are somewhat awake when you are under sleep paralysis. Um, so I think that's going to be like a, that will be like a whole yeah. episode or like a sleep paralysis is some weird sub thing. Yeah, sleep paralysis I feel like deserves its own episode. Cause some people have some weird shit happen because they, I was also seeing that like, um, the studies that they've done with lucid dreaming, um, and stuff, they've connected lucid dreaming to like astral projection and like alien abductions. Like it causes same wave patterns, apparently. Not real sure about that. They don't really go into detail about that. Um, so there's something called hypogonia. Um, basically when you close your eyes and this happens for me, when I close my eyes, my eyes, what happens with my eyelids looks like the Northern lights where it's just like green swirls when I'm falling asleep. Um, when that starts to happen for you, you're almost asleep. You're not fully awake, but you're not fully asleep. Um, and you can kind of use that as your cue that you are about to lucid. You're about to enter your REM sleep so that you can kind of start to lucid sleep um we've already talked about the wild sleep paralysis oh there there's supplements that you can take as which i didn't yeah so as a reminder rem stands for rapid eye movement uh it's also a really kick-ass band (laughs) yes (laughs) who took their name from that but that's the reason we're there Um, they are from a small town called athens georgia and uh you know, if, if you haven't ever listened to them, you should definitely check them out. They have some really awesome music. The lead singer is actually yes. queer. Uh, their probably most famous song, their big breakthrough song, is Losing My Religion, which is actually about him struggling with his sexual identity and his bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, and then the last technique that we'll talk about, well, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of different things. Um is the mild technique. It's 
monomic induction of lucid dreams. Um, basically, it's just like before. Um, instead of constantly repeating, am I dreaming during the day? Before you go to bed, it's almost like you're setting your intentions for your dream. You will basically say, tonight, I will notice that I am dreaming. And you say that every time you go to sleep. Um, and then there's something that I found interesting. It's called wake back to bed technique. Um, this involves manipulating your REM cycles. So basically what you're going to do is you set your alarm for five to six hours after you fall asleep, right? And then mm -hmm. once that alarm goes off, you're going to stay awake for either between 30 to 120 minutes. Um, you can experiment with that with yourself. Um, and then what that is supposed to do is it is supposed to immediately put you into an REM sleep so that you can lucid dream. Um, which that's what they do when they do these studies um, for lucid dreaming. This is one of the main ways that they do it. Um, plus with the, um, the environmental stimulation, they do a lot of that. Um, when you go, when you're part of these studies, it's a lot of environmental things where they will ask you certain questions or perform certain tasks in your dream. Um, it, it's super weird about how they study this. Um, how many hours of dream or how many hours of dreams? How many hours of sleep are you supposed to have? I have no healthy? clue, and I fall way below whatever you're supposed to get. <laughs> well, so that's the trick, though, is that so typically people get on average between seven to seven and a half hours of sleep. They've actually done studies in recent years, and it's there's actually a wide range of what you're supposed to get, and it really depends mm -hmm. on the individual. Some people actually need more mm -hmm. sleep than others to function. It's not like, you know, a, hey, this person's being lazy or anything like that. It's just their genetics. Me, I, you know, can function on less sleep, but typically I'll go until I pass out and then wake up and go again. But that's just how my yeah. body works. And, like, I literally cannot sleep once the sun is up. I'm kind of the same way. Um, I'm part of that population that can survive off of less than six hours of sleep for a long period of time. Um, that's basically the only way that I, I can survive my scheduling in my lifestyle now. Um, like I will get less than, I'll get between six, six and a half hours tonight. And that's normal for me. Um, my grandma had insomnia. My dad has insomnia. I have insomnia. Um, mild forms of insomnia. Um, but it, it's, it's normal. I'm that way. I have a hard time. I had a really hard time working overnights when I went to third shift was because I, and I remember this as a kid, not understanding why I'm going to bed while the sun is still out. Like, yep. so now I'm 30. And when I moved in with my fiance, I was like, you're getting blackout curtains because I cannot go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Knowing <laughs> it's sun outside, I can't, I can't handle that. I can't. 
Well, so that's the crazy thing because, like, I have yeah. blackout curtains and I mm-hmm. still, even the blackout curtains, if the sun is no. up, I typically, unless I am just completely yep. exhausted or unless I'm sick, I can't sleep even with yep. blackout curtains because it's like, hey, you know the yep. sun is out, so why are you trying to sleep? And I think a lot of that comes from yep. genetics and stuff like yep. that. But, I mean, you have had people in history with, like, Nikolai Tesla who, you know, slept three to four hours a night, yeah. every night. And that was his that, normal. That's normal. Well, and, like, when even I worked overnight and I split my sleep schedule up, um, I would sleep about three mm-hmm. to four hours and I'd stay awake for another three to four hours. And then I'd go back to bed for three to four hours. That's the only way I could see my um, fiancé. I felt fantastic. I absolutely felt fantastic. I, I hardly drank any caffeine. I felt amazing. And my, my schedule sucked, but like physically, felt fantastic. Bye. Yeah. Well, the weird part is, is that my kid sister, so my kid sister has to sleep at least 10 hours. Yeah. Like she, she'll sleep 10 to 12 hours. And if she doesn't, then she can't really function. Like she can function, but she's you can tell. exhausted unless she gets yeah. Yeah, no. So it's no. kind of a it's kind of yeah, a weird thing. No. I've and I've always been that way. Like she has always been where she could take it to sleep whenever. My older brother was like the same way, but me, it's like, hey, the sun's yep. up, I have to be yep. up. No, I'm I'm the exact same way. Like, but um, they also recommend if you. If you're a person that remembers your dreams, um, you have a better chance of lucid dreaming. Um, so if you are someone that remembers your dreams very well and you want to lucid dream, um, start writing down or recording yourself. If you have like a voice recorder on your phone or something, um, start recording your dreams when you wake up. Um, you will have a better chance of actually lucid dreaming. But basically, it's just like everything... Um, you have to send the intention out um, in order for it to happen. So, I mean, you can happen upon it on your own. Um, it's happened to my fiance a couple of times um, that he has, like, he's woken up and been like, babe, I lucid dreamed. And I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, he was originally yeah. going to join us for this episode, but he is yeah, not feeling well. He is quite under the weather and this is a man that does not get sick very often i get a hell of a lot more sick than he does um same with when him and i had covid he only lost his smell for like two days i was so sick i had like the worst flu ever and he's like perfectly fine and i'm like i'm dying um (laughs) so for him to get sick i was like that was the original plan was he's gonna come on and talk about it but he's he doesn't feel well so i'm not gonna make him come on and join us um but yeah if that's how if you want to lose a dream that's kind of the best ways to do it um the world world of com. they have like classes and stuff that you can take on your phone and courses and stuff that help you lose a dream so they do walk you through how to lose a dream but, yeah and we've got a couple of different links that I guess Kelsey's going to post in, in the, the show notes. Yep. bio uh, on this. Yep. So next week, 
next week, week after next, next, next episode. episode. We are, yeah, whenever <laughs> we do it. Two weeks from now. Uh, yes. In 300 years. <laughs> no, uh, two weeks from the release yes. of this, we're going to be doing an episode where we talk about some fun mm-hmm. things and some wonky things. We're going to be talking about um, substances that are used by people for uh, that have kind of helped gear the evolution of humanity, gear the change in uh, theological perceptions yes. over time. And we are going to be talking about substances, mind-altering substances, that people use in spiritual practices. These are going, some of these are illegal in a lot of places. Some of them are not. Uh, This is not a, I will say this right now, it's not going to be a, a, hey, you need to go out and do this. We're just going to be talking about what some people do Mm -hmm. do. And, hey, if any of you out there have any sort of experience with these things, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the show. To talk about. And, or if you know someone who does, yeah. And, you know, we may reach out to some people we know to see if anyone may be interested. But that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's what I said. I would say I do want to do another episode just on hallucinogenics in general. So, we will do a yeah. whole full separate episode about hallucinogenics. This is just kind of shamanistic type stuff. If that, if that makes any right. sense. Right. Like, I mean, we'll briefly mention some stuff like ayahuasca yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, it's. I think it'll be a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, especially. <laughs> That'll be our 26th episode, and while we have had a week that we, or had a time where we skipped a week because of scheduling and stuff, and we had to change scheduling, and then we went from bi-weekly to weekly, or by sorry, we went to from weekly to bi-weekly, we're at 26. Yeah, we made it a full year. So that's kind of, like basically our halfway year mark uh pretty damn close to it it's not exactly a full year our first episode was released let me pull it up here uh episode one was released yeah it was october we released it of last year yeah so pretty damn close october we're gonna do our first crossover yay yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're still working out some yeah. details for that but it shall be interesting and enjoyable hopefully yeah. uh, it'll be fun it will be fun I do have some homework assignment for everyone who's listening though <laughs> uh, with whatever platform you're on I want you to go on there and rate and yeah. review us tell your friends you know, sh- Give us yeah. a share. Tell your friends. Because um, I was like on Facebook, we make it so that you can share our posts um, and stuff like that. Um, I have made a YouTube channel. Um, so I will no longer be describing what comes in my Mindful Souls box um, that I get 
there is a video already up um, for the August Mindful Souls box. Um, and then I will be uploading on Wednesday. I get a, um, it's called the Bookish Box. It's a subscription box. I've had the same shirt since high school. So that's how it started for me was I wanted nerdy shirts. Um, they eventually made like an adult only box. So I will be showing you reviewing that. It's not a paid sponsorship that I do. This is just stuff I've always had. Um, so I'll be doing those. I am slowly making videos for all the previous episodes. Um, there are more photos because Instagram limits me to 10 photos. So there are more photos. Um, on the YouTube videos. So I'm the only one that's in the videos. The hands that you see are mine. So <laughs> the hands you see are mine. But yeah, on Facebook and Instagram, we are the Wayward Dragons. Same with YouTube. Um, you'll see our lovely icon. Um, but tell a friend, rate, view, and subscribe. If you have an interesting story, um, whether you've done a lucid dream and you remember it, um, or if you have done some mind-altering substance and would like to share your experience. I was like, but remember. Yeah. From a religious yes. standpoint. Religious. Like religious, theological yeah. standpoint. I don't want, you know, I mean, if you want to just say messages sometime and say, hey, man, I got so big, <laughs> then, you know, that's cool. That's, that's fine. fine. But, you know, it's, Whatever, we're doing but... a full separate episode on hallucinogenics in general where we will talk about dmt and more in depth about dmt and like mushrooms and all that weird crazy shit we're talking about natural yeah, substances and... that are religious based in the next episode and don't worry we'll either take it and uh <laughs> Not use your full yes. name, or yes. we will give you a name. Or anonymous, you can just be anonymous. So, if the if the case file pot if the case file host can be completely anonymous, then you can be too. So, we can just give you a name. I mean, that'll be fine. Just make up crazy names. We can do that too. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Yep. Yeah, so. Until next time, have a great couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Enjoy the holiday week. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.